Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's been a uh, it's been a busy week with a lot of with a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Um, I wanna I wanna do a couple quick shout outs that that are almost very similar to the idea of pillars of the match. But two of them right away. Um, one of them, which we I I forgot about, or not forgot about, but I we just didn't mention it last week. Um, big shout out to Maddie Mack, who got uh Mid Atlantic Conference second team uh second team for UWS two. Okay. So big shout out to Maddie Mack for, for getting that award, uh getting that recognition just for for being an absolute baller, basically. Um, I remember this year uh, when uh, when we played our first scrimmage and we took her off the field. Um, she was not happy with the fact that we took her off the field, but I told her, I was like, Maddie, this might be the only time I take you off the field in general the entire year, so I want just, just, just you know, be okay with it. And I'm pretty sure that was the only time she came off the field the entire year for two years in a row. I mean, you know, you need a 90 minute warrior. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So she's, she's again, she's the kind of player we, we want to have at any given point on any team that we coach. Uh, so, um, so big congratulations to Maddie. Well deserved uh, recognition from UWS. So, um, second shout out goes out to our first goalkeeper that we, uh, the first goalkeeper that, that we we had for the diamonds and potentially the the reason why the diamonds somewhat exist uh maddie no mo uh she had her senior night um at her sinus last week uh, and i got a chance to go to that um and and spend some time with her afterwards with her family uh, i got to watch the game got to watch her warm up got to watch her senior night recognition and all that stuff so um, big congratulations to her. Super proud of the of the college career she's had. Um, super proud that she's been able to play pretty much every game this year. Um, she's at she's at the number one spot at her sinus this year, which is which is well deserved for her. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, she's probably one of the reasons why the diamonds exist. Um, you know, when when you and I talked about what the possibilities were, you know, we're sitting coming off of covid coming off of uh those those seniors in high school missing out on their senior season and not being able to really play their freshman season of college either um because everything was canceled their freshman year of college was was pretty much not not a thing from an athletic standpoint so then we we had all these kids coming home with nothing to do um and and going into their sophomore year of college or or whatever other year of college having missed an entire year so so we we looked for ways to to do something for them and it was right at the right time when we got connected with UWS um and we were we were one of the first teams that signed on a UWS2 in its full in its first full year of UWS2 um in what at the beginning was only going to be four or five teams in our conference to then led to two full conferences that first year. So, um, so yeah, so everything that, that started off an idea of like, what do we do with, what do we do with Mo? Right. What do we do with Maddie? 
um, how do we get her to be able to play over the summer so she can get some touches on the ball before her her first full year of college soccer um, and then started this this thing that we've done for three years and hopefully um, hopefully we get to do it again next year um, for its fourth year but but it all kind of stemmed from there right and in that first graduating class that we now have so the that graduating class would be um, Maddie Naw, Kaylin Cabosco graduating also this year. Um, Maddie Wary uh, had her senior night yesterday for for Alvernia. Uh, Destiny Zapata, uh, I believe, is her senior at Bridgewater. Um, so that those were the those were the players that were were coming off that freshman year of college. So super, super proud of them, super happy for them that that they're able to um, you know, end their careers, their college careers. And hopefully, hopefully we get to see them again in the future. Um, whether they they're in town or just keep that connection with with all of them, uh, because they're just good people. So good. um, so big congratulations to congratulations to them. So two other signs there. Little diamonds. Yeah. Um, all right. So yesterday, uh, well, actually, no, let's start. Let's back up. So, all right. So that was that. That was Saturday. Uh, had two big games this week. Um, for for Odessa, played Conrad on Tuesday. Uh, went down two nothing six minutes into the first half. Not not playing well, clearly. Um, and then missed a PK in the first half. Then start the second half, five minutes in, go down three nothing. Find a way to make get it back to three three. We we tie the game. We actually go up four three, and then the last seven minutes, um, they tie the game. So we go in overtime. First overtime period, we have our chances, miss. Um, second overtime period, have our chances, miss, and then with two minutes left, they they won the game. Um, so a tough loss there. Um, but then a good, a good, uh, a good win against Mount Pleasant, uh, for both varsity and JV teams, um, at home on Thursday during our teacher appreciation night. And then, uh, tomorrow senior night, senior night, our first, uh, route one sports coming in. First, first senior night, first senior night for Odessa. And we play Sussex Academy of all teams. Uh, which is probably one of the best teams in the state right now. Uh, so, so that'll make it that'll make it interesting, and fun. Singing RJ's praises. Listen, I mean, there's there's no denying that they've they've done a really good job. I mean, they've taken on Apo, they've taken they've taken on all the all the big teams. They won all the big dogs. I mean, they've only lost two games the entire year, right? So, um, there's they're they're good for a reason. I heard they're going. Uh... The Seahawks are going duck hunting. Listen, I don't I'm, know who wins between a Seahawk and a duck. I, I don't either, but um, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it's us tomorrow. I'm hoping, but I think, regardless of the result, I think more importantly, I'm I'm hoping that, that the seniors have a have a good experience. Um, but more more on them, more on them in a little bit in a little bit later. Uh, so, um, all right. How was your week before we talk about yesterday? Oh, uh, what did I have? Two games, I guess. Yeah. Sunday and Sunday we uh dropped our first points of the year. 
Yeah. I mean, undefeated up to that point. We lost a tough game, 2 nothing. Um, it was interesting because we really, like, it's not because, you know, I believe my team, like, I'm sure the other team saw it. We outworked the other team. Like, yeah. We, built another, we did everything right, just except for finishing. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, come to realize is my team's not really good at finishing. And we've got to work on some that attacking. We can get to the final third, but it's like once we get to the final third, I just don't think that we have done a good job of just making the right decisions and just going to goal. Um, so that'll be a focus for us this week. So we dropped our first three points. And then, you know, yesterday we rebounded and we picked up three points again. Um, but again, we, we really struggled with finishing in a game that we probably should have took a lead and built a comfortable lead. And, you know, we dominated possession, kept the ball. Um, I told the boys before the game, I want to see the ball moving in two touches and yeah. move the ball in two touches. And again, dominated the game, but just struggled in the final third. Um, we won 2-1. Um, not bad. Both games only having two referees. So, you know, feeling the referee shortage here. Um, having some parents picking up the line. Interesting. So, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, you get some, you know, the referee, the center referee has to call off sides here and there. So you get some. It's always tough. Some interesting calls here and there, but hey, you do. I don't. I don't really complain. I just play. Except for I feel like my kids get the short end of the stick sometimes. <laughs> I mean, realistically, my kids are. I mean, I, and I feel this about a lot of like even my coach at another club. Our kids from Delaware are bigger than a lot of these other clubs, like just from a size perspective. Yeah. And when we play competitive teams, those kids are allowed to like throw each other all over the field. Right. But when the game is one sided or, you know, when one team brings the smoke and the other team is, you know, they're afraid to get off the porch, um, you know, it kind of hurts the team because they're used to playing aggressive. They're used to getting stuck in because it's just how we train. We train to use our body to protect and shield the ball. But then like sometimes it's just two hand touch soccer. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's been, and I've noticed in the high school end where we've, we've gotten to a point where it's been, it's been a little bit tougher with the, I feel like we've, we've, we're making the game less physical um, and not in a good way. Um, I think we're, we're starting to get to the point where everything becomes like, we, we hear a lot of whistles for the little things and, and some of the things that are your more, you know, your smarter fouls or your more dangerous fouls are not being called because those are the fouls that you have to have a little bit of a soccer eye to, right? To be able to see the little things. And we're missing those, but we're we're calling some of the things that are probably a little bit easier um to see that that shouldn't be called. Um, again, I think it's it's having an, an eye for for catching those things. I think it's you know it's experience. It's 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 watching the game. It's a bunch of things, right? But it's you know it's we. It's funny because we we as coaches want the best referees possible for all of our games. Obviously, um, we we want to be able to help younger referees, but at the same time, we also want them to watch the game and everything else. So we can't. At a certain point, you can't do it all, right? You can't referee and watch soccer all at the same time. 
Yeah, I mean, really, my thing is just consistency, right? Like, if that's, I have, that's always important. Yeah. I mean, if you have a kid who is taller, and sure, if he's on a smaller kid, ninety nine percent of the time he's going to get the foul. Yeah, but if we're going to call a foul one way, you shouldn't say, "Oh, well, because he's bigger and this smaller kid does the same thing to him." Doesn't mean that it's not a foul, right? Like. If we're going to call fouls one way, we've got to call fouls the other. We can't just have it that, oh, well, they're bigger, so they're just going to have 99% of the fouls. And I think that's what we're starting to see is that we are aggressive. We are athletic. We are you know, bigger than a lot of these teams. Yeah. But we draw a lot of fouls, um, but we don't earn those same fouls in the same instances, even when it's not the the kids that are the bigger kids. Like if it's a kid that's similar size as a kid that's fouling him we don't get those calls and yeah it's kind of frustrating it is what it is i mean listen when a kid on your team says when it, when the referee gives the, the other team a redo on a throw-in at u14 travel yeah and says there was confusion we're going to give him a redo yeah that's and the kid and the, and the kid on your team says i want to redo on my shot <laughs> Hey, he's got a good point. Yeah. He, he, I mean, hey, I shot the ball. I didn't like the way I shot it. I want to redo. Like, let's just, he, he was like, let's redo the game. I was like, no, there's no way I'm sitting through this again. Yeah. But, I mean, he brought up a valid point. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, listen, take the three points. A win is a win. A win's a win. Even if the referee wanted to give the other team a goal so bad. <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I mean, we shouldn't give up a goal. I'll say that. But when you last five minutes, he is just blowing that whistle. Yeah. Every every touch, he 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 was trying to give him a goal. Like it was it was hard to play the last five minutes because like the last five minutes was the worst. Everything was just like touch foul, touch foul, touch foul. Kick is thrown out in the box, no foul. I wonder what team that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's crazy. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, um, hey, listen, I'm sitting in second place with six goals. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, that's a that's an interesting stat, right? Yeah. Six goals scored, four against, four one and one, second place. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I but I but you said it, right? you you said your team struggles at scoring goals. So there there's your there's your there's your factual data. Yeah, we're just consistent and being consistent. Yeah. But, but that also means that potentially your league is competitive, which is also not a bad thing. Yeah, the top three are. Top four. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. So that's not a bad thing. Can't say anything about the sixth place team. They didn't want the smoke. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to yesterday. Um, so we got to go to the Philadelphia Union playoff game. Sure did. In this new playoff format that we live in, which is an absolute joke. Oh, it was good. I can't stand this playoff format. I think it's terrible. What the fact that they made you buy tickets to game three and they probably won't be a game three after last night's result. Well, I mean, I don't have to buy them, right? I have season tickets, so they're already like reserved. Reserved. 
But it's not even about that. I just think this 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 first round best of three thing is absolutely ridiculously pointless. Because I was sitting there, I was sitting there with my wife yesterday. Sorry, when watching the game, right? So the Union go up three nothing in the first half. Uh, goal by Gazdag off a PK that that was one hundred percent a PK. It happened. Yeah, he got slaughtered. It there. happened right in front of my face. I, I, I was yeah. It was it was clear. You were out there, ref. You suck. No, no, no. I didn't. Was not. That was never. That was you. I saw it in your section. No, dude. no, 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 no. That wasn't me. Um, but it was definitely a foul. But then, and then, um, Nathan. No, uh, Ura scores a second, and then Nathan Harrell. Yeah, Harrell had that third with flying header. Yeah. So the Union are absolutely flying in the second half, right? Second half or the first half. Second half starts, and I told my wife, I said, "Listen." It's like 55. We're 55 minutes in at this point. New England Revolution is playing with four forwards. They're playing a three, three, four uh, of some or four, two, four, some version of that. Um, Because you got I mean, at that point, New England had Bo. Uh, Bobby Wood, Chankalai, and then uh, their uh, number nine. Uh, what is that? Who's that guy? Um, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell oh, you. No, when I do the starting lineup, I just yell sucks. No, no, no. He came off the bench. Number nine. Number nine came up. Uh, Bri- sucks. Brioni. Brioni. Suck when they, uh... <laughs> Giacomo. Giacomo Brioni from Albania. So you got four forwards, right? You got four forwards going in. <clears throat> so I told my wife, I said, listen, if at the 75th minute in 20 minutes this game is still three nothing. The last 15 minutes of this game are going to be extremely boring because this new playoff format makes it that the, the that realistically the first game is is competitive-ish to a certain extent. But realistically, imagine you get to the 75th minute and you're up three nothing, three nothing. What do you do if you're the team that's losing three nothing with 15 minutes left to go in the game? Um, with 15 minutes left. If you're the team that's down three nothing, knowing you're in a best of three series. If I'm the team that's winning, no, the team that's losing. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna start taking off guys. But I'm still gonna go for a goal. So why are you taking off guys at that point? Recovery. Exactly right. What happens if you're the team that's winning three nothing with 15 minutes left to go in the game? Get some guys some playoff experience. And that's it, right? Like, so the game becomes ultimately boring because. Neither team is going to try to do too much because nobody wants to risk red cards, fouls, injuries, any of that stuff, right? Now, granted, New England scored a goal in the 60-something minute, 67th minute or, or 68th minute. Gustavo Bo scores a nice goal. Makes it a little bit more competitive for a few more minutes, and then after that, but nothing really ever, nothing really happened. Um, I don't think Philadelphia went as hard as they could in certain transitional moments to try to score another goal. Um, and then ultimately you now go to New England and yeah, Philadelphia was absolutely the dominant team yesterday. But if we go back to a week ago, a week ago, the union lost in, in New England two to one, um, after having scored the first goal. So, so what's the guarantee that now you go in this three, one, three, one, um, you're in a three-one game. What happens if the second game is tied? You go to game three, I guess. 
No, the games can't end in a tie. Oh, so it's a PK shootout. It's like the the like the after ninety minutes. It's like the league like cup. cup. To a PK, you have to have a winner. You have to have a winner. Gotcha. So let's just, for example's sake, right? Example's sake. Zero zero. You lose in PKs. Now you're back in Philadelphia for game three. And let's just say, hopefully not, but let's just say you go into zero zero again and it's PKs. You have outscored your opponent now three to one and you're out of the playoffs. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. And then the next the next series goes to a one-off game, and that's it. Yeah, they like, didn't think that one through. It's an absolute it's an absolute joke. You could win the first game 11 nothing. Go out on the playoffs on PKs. Go out in the next two games on PKs. Yeah, that's tough. That's why that's why I texted you in the moment. I said, listen, this is this is a discussion topic for tomorrow. I didn't think of it. Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Um because I'm thinking, like, obviously, you would think that there would be an aggregate score. Yeah. But there I, didn't think of it, I didn't think of it like that. It's just straight up winning. Exactly. <laughs> you won 3-1. Cool. Three points. <laughs> yeah. It's an absolute joke. So here's my... Yeah, they should have done, at least they could have done, like, I don't know, this might be, like, Americanized, too, but you get three points for a win, plus every goal score gets you a point. So, like, the Union would... Would be at like six points, and then New England would be at one point for the one point. Score. Yeah, but if you think about it, right? So that's six and three. So so it'd be six and one. So if New England were to win the next game, one nothing. Yeah, I don't know, because then because then you get to the point where if, what if it happens if you win two? If you let's just say. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be tough. Oh, to Three-game series. I don't know why we went to three instead of just a home and away. You say it's home in and an away. In an aggregate. So here's my proposal. My proposal is if you can win your first game, if the home team can win their first game by a goal differential of more than four, the series, series is over. You're off the sticks. That's it. That's it. Because Because here's what it does. It makes the it makes that first game that much more competitive, especially when the game the score is three nothing. Because if the score is three nothing, now Philadelphia is going to do what? Try to go for that fourth goal and end the series. What's New England going to do? They're going to defend a lot harder and try to get a goal back, so that way it's not that easy to get to four goals. So now you got some competition going. I can see that. Now I get it from a revenue perspective. New England loses out on hosting a thing. Whatever, do better next year, man. Try not to go through three coaches in two months. Exactly. Try not to try not to come in the second half of the of the the top nine. Right. Like, don't come in five <laughs> and below. Like, win, more, tell you. win more. Win more games. Win more games. Suck less. Like, but absolutely, this is an absolute. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. This this is this has made the MLS an absolute joke. Don't sign Josie out the door to score goals for you. Yeah. Don't make make sure Bobby Woods not your sub. Um. <laughs> Like I don't like I don't understand who came up with this idea and who thought Bruce Arena. Here is here's I figured it out, right? And the thing is, Sharundalo, the the managing director, or whatever from LAFC, had a really good point. 
last season, your playoffs couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. Your top two seats for the first time in 19 years, your top two, top number one seats from each conference finally make the final for the first time ever. And it goes in overtime and in the PKs. In the PKs with like, you know, the goalkeeper change and have it being a former union player, like everything you could think of, it happened. And you're like, nah, we'll change it. Like, we, we don't want to see this anymore. Yeah, because like here's the part for us as the consumer. Let's say like Union win the next game. We don't get another home game. <laughs> if Cincinnati goes through, that was the last home game for us. Oh, if Cincinnati beats Red Bull? I mean, they're going to beat Red Bull. But you don't know. Like that's a thing. So that's a that's the weirdest thing, right? So so look, LAFC played Vancouver yesterday, beat them five two. Yeah, but that game was two two at halftime. It was two two at halftime. So that's my point. So it's five to two, right? Now let's just say now Vancouver goes in and just sits in and just plays on the counter <laughs> at home, and they sneak off a win. <laughs> and now when you go back to LA, I'm putting 11 guys literally sitting next to the goalkeeper or 10 guys sitting next to the goalkeeper. Good luck scoring on me. I'm going to PKs for you. <laughs> and now I can knock out LAFC. By PKs. It's, it's, it's absolute nonsense, man. It makes absolutely no sense. It's it, again, it's an absolute. So all we're going to do is train our PKs. <laughs> It's an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if they at least if they went to uh, home and away, we would get an extra playoff game. But yeah, potentially that is the last game. Well, because it also again it also allows for so much less rest time. Well, I think you, did you look at the playoff schedule in terms of games, like how there's games every day except for Tuesday. Uh this coming Tuesday. Yeah, I don't think there's games this Tuesday. There's games the following Tuesday. Yeah, but they yeah. So there's game there's games tomorrow. So today, today it's Houston against Real Salt Lake, then Cincinnati against Red Bulls, and then St. Louis against Sporting Kansas City, who's Sporting Kansas City being San Jose in the playing game. The Red Bulls beat Charlotte in the playing game. Um tomorrow you have Orlando, Nashville, Seattle, Dallas. Yep. No yeah. games on Tuesday. I guess no Halloween. Tuesday. That's because Halloween, everybody. It's, it's Halloween. You can't do that. Um, then Wednesday, you got Columbus against Atlanta. And then Saturday, you basically kind of started again, but Wait, not really be- because it doesn't make sense. The Union don't play again until Wednesday, November 8th. Yeah. It, explain that. Got like a month off. So basically, so, so, so if I'm understanding correctly, Cincinnati and the New York Red Bulls play today. And then they play again five days later, basically, because they play again again on Saturday. If you're FC Dallas and Seattle, you're absolutely getting the short end of the stick because you play tomorrow and then you got to play again on Saturday. Like it's it's it it makes no sense. But get guess what? Philadelphia gets somehow. Is well, Nobody was no. drunk when they made the schedule. No, the luckiest one is LAFC. LAFC and Vancouver don't play their second game until Thursday. 
of the following week. No, they, they play got, Sunday. Oh, no, they play Sunday. Sorry, they play Sunday. Sorry, you're right. They play Sunday. But somehow, oh. New England and Philadelphia have a week and a half off. Well, I'm assuming New England probably had to work around the Patriots. I'm assuming the Patriots have a home game somewhere in there. Yeah, I guess. But then I'm again... Assuming- I'm assuming that's why it's yeah, but that's also why this playoff format sucks. Yeah, I'm assuming the the New England had something to do with, do with football because because if you do, let's just say for example, right, if you do go to the third game, you go from Wednesday to them playing again on Sunday. Yeah, it it makes no sense. It's an absolute joke. Hey, recovery is going to be nice, man. Yes and no. If you're Philadelphia, you don't want a week and a half off. I don't want a week and a half off. You just want to smoke them. That's what I'm saying, right? Like if you're Philadelphia, you want to play as quickly as possible and get that keep that momentum going. I, mean, I know Karanza came out in the second or came back out in the second half, but if he's hurt, a week and a half helps you. Yeah, we can have helps you, but if he if he's got a muscle injury, a week and a half doesn't do anything. He's not but uh, like Hopefully, hopefully it is something simple. But again, like, can you like in a week and a half, New England could be almost a brand new team to a certain extent. Not that they're signing anybody new, but I'm just saying, like, from a training perspective, it it kills your entire momentum. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's silly. Um, I I don't I think this format is is not great. Um, but I do want to I do want to bring up the um. I mean, the playing game, I think, is cool. The playing game is fine. Yeah, I don't care about that. That's fine. That's good. It's cool. All right. So I want to I want to talk about the MLS awards. So they were finalized. The 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 last three for every award has been finalized. And I wanted to run those by you real quick. The let's start from the let's start from the. um, Let's start from the the bottom up and we'll, we'll, we'll go from that. So the MLS assistant referees of the year, uh, Michael Bergwin, Cam Blanchard, and Ian McKay, the MLS referees of the year, uh, John Freeman, Victor Rivas, and Ted Uncle. Ted Uncle. He's been around for a while. It's your uncle? Uh, Ted Uncle. It's Unkel, man. Unkel. Uh, Unkel. <laughs> Sam Malik. Um, the Audi Gold Drive Progress Impact Award finalist. Um, Darlington, Darlington Nagby from the Columbus Crew, Taylor Washington from Nashville, and then Alejandro Bedoya from the Philadelphia Union. Isn't that an interesting one? He loves the community. Right. And the community for a team that's trying to get rid of him. I'm not trying to get rid of him. They're just trying to take, get him to take less money. Hey, you love the community. So far, they haven't signed. They haven't given a new contract, though, right? Hey, he put in a shift yesterday. Did absolutely did. Played. He did the full ninety. Yeah. All right. The MLS Comeback Player of the uh, Year finalist, uh, player who's overcome a severe injury, adversity, and missed part of the 2022 season and shown improvement for 23 season. Joao Paulo from Seattle Sounders. Alan Polito from Sporting Kansas City and Miles Robinson from Atlanta United. Yeah, Miles Robinson all the way. Miles Robinson, that's right. 
MLS shortlist. What? Bobby Wood was on the shortlist. <laughs> he might be up there for the rest of his career. <laughs> the MLS Defender of the Year finalist. Uh, Yamar Gomez Andrade from Seattle Sounders. Matt Miazga from FC Cincinnati. And Tim Parker from St. Louis. St. Louis coming in with a lot of award nominations considering they're a first-year first year team, right? Yeah. You said Defender of the Year. Yeah. Um, Yamar is good. I know Yamar is good. Um, the goalkeeper of the year. Um, interesting one here. Roman Burki from St. Louis. Uh, Roman Solentano from FC Cincinnati and Pedro Gallese from Orlando City. So I struggle with this one because if you're a team. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, those are three. Three playoff teams. And then St. Louis, again, first-year team, number one in the Western Conference. Um, the I don't know. It's always going to be a tough one because if you're good, like Drake Callender, for example. Yeah, but Callender only only came in hot like after Messi came in. Well, he he was still good. Yeah. It was just his team was that bad that his was that bad. he negated all the good he did. Yeah. So, hey, I'm, I stopped it from being 10 nothing. It might have been 3 nothing, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the MLS Young Player of the Year finalist, all right, who is on 22 or or younger, Tiago Almada, Duncan Maguire, Aiden Morris. You have to give it to Tiago Almada. I mean, Duncan Maguire has been kind of hot. That's fine, but Tiago Almada is a World no. Cup winner. Okay, that's cool. Like he's a World Cup winner that is playing for Atlanta United. Right. Why is he still here if he's 22 or under? I don't know. He actually also got hurt. He needs to open up. He needs to close this chapter and start writing a new page in a new book. I mean, maybe he might. He might end up getting transferred at some point. He should. Uh, yeah. I mean, if he's one of the best young players and he's under 22, like onwards and upwards. Oh, sorry. He wasn't. He didn't. Um. He got red. He got a red card on the last game, so he's out for the first game. Yeah. yeah. Ariel made the short list. Benjamin made the short list. Yeah, but they didn't make it in there. So, um, the MLS, the MLS newcomer of the year finalist. This is the best one. Uh, Georges Jika. Joko Makis from Atlanta. Uh, the, the Greek guy. Edward Lowen from St. Louis and Lionel Messi from Inter Miami. I wonder who's going to win that award. Here's the one thing that I find interesting. Can you really say, I mean, yes, it's Messi. Yes, he had a fantastic League's Cup. But can you really say that he's the MLS newcomer of the year? He played like four MLS, actual MLS season games. Yeah, but he's not going to win the award. Yeah, he's a World Cup winner. He is a World Cup winner, though. That's yeah. right. Uh, so your <laughs> definition, if you won the World Cup and you played hey, for Argentina. There you go. You should be. By your definition, Gustavo Bo should not win any awards. He was not in the World Cup roster. <laughs> Sorry, Gustavo. Uh, Siggy Schmidt, MLS Coach of the Year finalist. Uh, Bradley Cardinal from St. Louis. 
Wilfred Nancy from Columbus Crew or Pat Noonan from FC Cincinnati. I feel like you got to give it to Bradley Cornell, right? St. Louis. That's a top toss up between St. Louis and Cincinnati. I mean, both up or the Cincinnati. Yeah, but you got to think like, again, you're starting a brand new team. Yeah, but Cincinnati, they were they even a playoff team last year? Uh, I don't remember, uh, to be honest. I don't think that. Cincinnati was that good last year. Maybe not. And then they, like, they won the um, supporter shield this year. That's what I'm saying. It's a toss up. Like, yes, I think in any other year, what St. Louis did, but they're both first in their division. And then Cincinnati made it. They were, it would have been an eight seed. Yeah. They were bad last year, I thought. I thought. Um, yeah, I can't remember last year. I, I can't find um the table from, from last year. But um all right, then the last one is the Landon Donovan MLS MVP finalist, Luciano Costa, FC Cincinnati, Tiago Almada, Atlanta United, and Dennis Buana Buanga Boanga from LAFC. Two Argentinians in there, one former Boca Juniors player. Um, um, I mean, yeah, World Cup, but I like Luciano Acosta. I think he's, I think he's, he's class. I want him to go back to Boca Juniors. The Cincinnati last year was a fifth seed. They okay. were, they had 49 points. So they were in the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, the Union beat them in the conference semifinals. Okay. <clears throat> Luciano Acosta, I think, is is probably one of the best players, if not the best player in the MLS outside of Messi. Did he get that uh, American citizenship? Mm, he was I working on this. it. He's working on it. All right. Um, I want to talk about the Champions League real quick. Um, only only for two very specific reasons. Um, one, because as per usual. Uh, actually, no, I want to talk one one thing about the Champions League, one thing about the Europa League. Uh, Champions League, as per usual, uh, what places do you think Sevilla is in in their group? Third place, baby. Third place, getting held head into that Europa League. You know, where hey, one, one last time for the one time. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about the, the Europa League um, because uh, Brighton, Brighton, got their first win in European competition history or in their European competition history um, over Ajax. Ajax who, shambles. Who, who Ajax is currently, as of right now, because I'm, I'm keeping up with their score because they're, they're, they're playing PSV, um, Irving Chucky Lozano with a hat trick, um, Luke de Jong with another goal as well. Um, are losing five to two, and right now are sitting at the bottom of the air divisi. Yeah, they're in shambles. I mean, how is that like? Isn't that insane? I mean, what was it four years ago that IX was in the Champions League semifinals? Yeah, but who do they still have from that team? They sold everybody, they did. So Eric Ten Hag leaves, and then all of a sudden the team absolutely falls apart. Two coaches throughout the season, constant issues with the fans. The players can't figure it out. 
Um, a lot of the club administration leaves. Kuntalar leaves. Uh, Overmars leaves. Like a bunch of big people leave altogether. Um, and the club is in an absolute sh- shambles in a league with only 18 teams. Granted, they're two. Po- they're two games. They've. They're. They're. Um. They got two. T- two games in hand, but they're sitting at five points. Yeah, but you need those top two because the top two in that league, um, go to the Champions League, and the third place team has to qualify. Like after that, that after that, it's European your European League qualification. After that is Conference League playoffs. Right now. With this result, they're in the 18th place. Yeah, yeah, they're they're sitting in relegation. They're out now. Shout out to PSV with their two Americans that started today, Malik, Serginia. That's right. Um, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just because it's out there. Gaston Avia has lost the most duels in the match and has the worst rating. What a far yeah. no, sorry. This guy Taylor's still in, so he's out here playing even worse. Yeah, uh-huh. he he's uh 4.4. He's uh he's a next Boca Juniors player. Yeah, he ain't playing too hot. No. Huh. Um yeah, so not not great. Not great. Not great for my going my boy Gaston. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard playing bad. Yeah. His brother, his brother plays in Spain though. Um, but yeah, so Ajax, an absolute uh, Ricardo Pepe getting in the game. So here's, here's what I think what's wrong with Ajax. Um, and this is not about Ajax. I think this is just a common thing that I think it's a good, good topic of conversation. So, uh, do and you've heard me talk about the fact that one of my favorite books is legacy, um, that talks about the New Zealand, New Zealand, all blacks, right? Yeah. So one of the one of the lessons in that book talks about that uh, when you're at the top of your game, you should change it. And that's a lesson that you and I have definitely used in coaching. From a training perspective, when it looks really, really good and you're like, oh, my God, this is clicking. That's a time when you should stop training or stop that activity, because as we've learned from the great Lou Atkinson, you're never going to get back to that point. It, it ain't getting better. No, it's going only going downhill. The moment you say, oh, my God, it's really good. Boom, done. Be done pick with it. Cones, let's go. Pick, up, pick up the cones, move on to the next thing. Um, But it's the same thing with 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 clubs in the way that they're made up. Right. So Ajax has, has built a history on on. Now, granted, they've they've created a history to a certain extent of being a selling club that has found success or found success with a coach. Um, and you ended up with players like Frankie the Young, um, Suarez. Yeah, but like I'm talking about the recent, like recent that that oh, Ajax um, team. What's the, the guy, center back's name? The center back, right? The center back that was right. like, yeah, the leaked, the leaked. Yeah, the leaked. Um, so you you built you built this this team. And now all of a sudden, because you refuse to potentially change and you just continue to say, to say, well, we are basically Bayern Munich of of the Netherlands and we're just going to keep winning every single year with no problems. And and then all of a sudden you, you find yourself completely not not being able to do that at all. Um, so 
I think that's it's a lesson to be learned for anybody. Uh, when you feel like you're at the top of your game and you're like, oh, my God, this is the best we can be or, you know, we've made it. Then that's a time to kind of throw out the playbook and and kind of start a new one um, because you're never going to get that again. Um, and if you continue to try to go down that road, then all you're going to end up finding is potentially failure. So um, just something to something to consider. Some, some players. Huh? So they sold this guy to West Ham, 46 mil. Yeah, they sell a lot of players, but then they, they reinvest it back, which is good. But you brought in their biggest signing this year was Steven Bergwijn, <laughs> who was sitting, you know, in the training facility at Spurs who hadn't been playing. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, Dwayne, let's move on to the player of the match. Yeah, my player of the match is going out to the old man's league. I seen this today. Yeah, them dudes <laughs> out there getting it. <laughs> Average age out there had to be like 65. Yo, these dudes were like, talk about adult league. This had to be like the 55 plus league. Like, this had to be run by like a senior center. Like, these dudes were old. And <laughs> 11 v 11. 11 v 11. Yo, 11 v 11. I think one of the teams might have played back to back. How many how many knee braces do they have? Zero. No knee braces out there? there no, yo, there was everybody was in there like regular. They don't believe in knee braces. How many black cleats in comparison to like like colored cleats? I didn't look at the cleats. That would be the telltale sign of what kind of players you got. <laughs> how many copas out there? And That's what I'm saying. Cause I feel like at that point, like if you're in that 55 and up, like you gotta take some, it takes some guts to put on some like pink Nikes. Yeah, who going out there and buying the new messy cleats for 300 bucks? <laughs> Who's got the mercurials? But the thing about it was like, yo, they're playing on a regular field, sprinting. I mean, whatever it's worth sprinting. Sprinting. They're yeah. versions sprinting. Hey, man, that's probably more sprinting than I would do. You guys are arguing about playing time. I was like, man. <laughs> you got a coach out there? Nah, no coach. They probably, had some, they probably had a bunch of guys out there that probably coached and that I would I would say I would say that the funny part would be to find the one guy that's slightly older than all of them, but it's a short little guy with a hat on and he's the coach. Nah, he's probably drinking on the sideline. <laughs> like that video I sent you that referee. <laughs> there, yeah. He was probably over there drinking, but yeah, shout out to those guys out there getting their Saturday morning workout in. That's funny, man. That's awesome. Hey, they played on a good and look, man, it, it was a nice field too. It wasn't like the Back the backyard, it was a nice grass field. It's good, good stuff. They didn't want to play on that turf field, it was too wide. No, 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 no. Plus, you can't get stuck in that turf field. <laughs> Me, you gotta yeah. definitely, you gotta definitely risk. You don't want to risk calling the paramedics for that. Yeah. Um, all right. My player of the match goes out to uh, it's unfortunate because this might be the only time I praise Real Madrid, but my, my player of the match goes out to Jude Bellingham. The, the the kid is 20 years old, his first El Clasico, the first player ever to score two goals in an El Clasico in his first El Clasico. I mean, it's... It's a real deal, Holyfield, huh? As a center mid, he is. He's an absolute... It's... He's he fun to watch. He should come to MLS. I'm trying to remember... He should come to MLS. Yeah. I'm trying to remember <laughs> who the last center mid was that had that big of an impact from a scoring perspective. Like, can you think of one that's not like 
if you think back of the last like 10 or 15 years of who have been the best players who we all talk about, you got Slatan, Ronaldo, Messi, um, Neymar, Killian, Harry Kane, um, uh, I mean, you're talking about like center bids, like Holland. I mean, the only one that that comes to mind is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, you know, because even Xavi Iniesta, Modric were not, but they weren't like the you. You wouldn't classify them as goal scorers. Cruz, Pier, Pirlo wasn't a goal scorer. Pogba, maybe Pogba, maybe. But he's, he's, I, he's, I, he's, I he's like sitting at home facing two years, so yeah. I mean, there was some one-off guys in there. Like Pogba was probably like a one-off, like you know what I mean. But like outside of like Lampard and Gerrard, not like nothing like that. You have I like this kid is he breaks the mold. I think. Now everybody wants a goal scoring center mid. <laughs> he breaks the mold. I think. I think. I think he breaks the mold. I think the, what he's able to do is. Is incredible playing as a, as a not even as an attacking mid because I would say that you could make the argument I mean, that realistically Daniel Gosdog, right? He's <laughs> a mid that scored like 18 goals last year, but he's also not a center mid, he's an attacking mid, still a center attacking mid, center attacking mid. Same thing as Mudrich, though. Like, I would even venture to say that that Kevin De Bruyne is more of an attacking midfielder than a central midfielder, and Jude Bellingham is a central midfielder. Well, Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, I remember Oscar from Chelsea. Oh my God, man, get out of here. That was my guy. No, no, not Oscar. Uh, Chelsea, man, I, I could play. Yeah. Ronaldinho. I mean, Kaka, but Kaka was also more of an attacking midfielder, though. Mizu. Mizu, yeah, but also more of an attacking midfielder, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, it would it definitely be a question to ask. What's the like, uh, Norwegian care for Arsenal? Um, Odegaard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit more like that, I guess. What you would... Bruno Fernandez. Phil? Phil? Phil Foden's a winger now. <laughs> he's a winger now, that's true. He's a winger he got now. a position. He don't really got a position. He plays everywhere. No, the place. But yeah, the guy, so that's, I mean, Bill Foden's like the, the definition of a guy that is one of your top 11 guys, but you got to play somewhere somewhere stronger. Yeah, exactly. He might be a right back today or might be a left winger tomorrow. Um, All right. So that was my player of the match on this day in soccer history. And my on this day in soccer history leads directly into my uh, Dan Simmons fair play of the week. Um, so I'm off by one day, but I think it's okay. Um, considering I'm the host of the podcast or I'm one of the co-hosts, I'm one of the hosts of the podcast. I have the ability to kind of bend the rules a little bit. Um, so, uh, October 28th, 2020, October 28th, 2020, uh, the Odessa Ducks boys soccer team would kick off their first game ever as a high school program. Oh, it was 2020. 2020. So that COVID year, they played really late into the season. Um, soccer was pushed from the late October to like I think early December. Yeah, much shortened season. Um, so 
Um, yeah, first first game ever for the Odessa Ducks boys soccer team. Uh, unfortunately, came to a seven one loss against Christiana. Um, but but that was the first game ever. Um, which leads to my fair play of the week, and that goes out to the the ten graduating seniors for tomorrow. Um, the ten graduating seniors for tomorrow, who set a path forward, um, and laid the foundation for for the now what stands to be thirty eight players on a team in their first graduating class, um, in their first full four years four year program. Um, so big congratulations to them. Um, we're gonna try to get them on the podcast at some point before the end of the the 2023 year. We're gonna try to get them in the podcast and and talk to them, hear some stories, hear some things, and we'll go from there. But but my Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week Award goes to the Odessa Duck Seniors and the Austin on this day in soccer history, October 28th. So a day yesterday, yesterday, but 2020 kicked off the season for for Odessa. Mine's gonna go out to uh Josh Tucker. Yeah. Technical director. Hey. He started a club, said he was gonna what he was gonna do. And look at him now. Division two champions ran through the league. His next step is division one, got to play with the big dogs. But we'll see how that team does. I mean, hey, you say you're gonna do something, you're gonna put your, you're gonna be more competitive, put your kids in the national league. Go play at the highest level that they're able to play at it. Because obviously when you look at the National League of EDP, your results matter. And yeah, you don't really get to select where you go. It's based on your results. So he'll be playing division one next year. And wow. Hey, he wants to smoke. That's that's awesome. Congrats. It's well done. Good stuff. I got a couple I got a couple more tiers to to get to climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get to division four next year and then <laughs> Hopefully by, well, damn, my kids will be in high school next year. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to jump too. <laughs> um, I'm also starting with the team with, with a brand new God soccer history. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, congratulations to, to Tucker and, and the club in general. I think you guys are doing a, a really good job with, uh, with, with the club and everything that you're doing. Um, hearing really good things in the community about it. So, it's good. That's always good. Well, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast, uh, DE Soccer Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.